can catch this show on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcast. You ready? Yep. Let's get it. Now let's get started with the controversy starting with Damon Lillard, point guard of the Portland Trail Blazers, and Paul George, small forward for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, yep. Fine. Find my notes here so I can find the exact words. Uh, after the 122 to 117 loss against the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, we saw some antics that Paul George and Patrick Beverly did on the sideline as Dan Lillard missed two cl- not one but two clutch free throws. As we all know, we we expect him to make all of those clutch shots. In his post game interview, uh, Dan Lillard uh, he said, asking me about Patrick Beverly. Why send him home before at the end of a game? Paul George is a guy sent home by me last year in the playoffs, so they know. The reason they're reacting like this is because of what they expected from me, which is a sign of respect and just shows what they've done at a high clip more times than not. I'm not offended by it. If anything, it should just tell you how much it hurt them to go through what they put them through in those situations previously. Uh, the point of remarks didn't stop here. Uh, when Bleacher Report's Instagram account posted Lillard's post-game comments, Paul George commented from his own account, and I quote, and you're getting sent home this year, crying laughing emoji, respect. Patrick Beverly also alluded to an assumed early exit for the Blazers commenting, Cancun on three, along with three more laughing emojis. Uh, Lillard answered their social media slights by mocking George's moves from Indiana to Oklahoma City, and finally LA in a three-year period for a better chance to win an NBA championship. Lillard finally said, uh, keep switching teams, running from the grind. You boys is chumps. That's the yep. words of Portland Trailblazers point guard Damian Lillard. So, Brill, uh, who is under more pressure, Damian Lillard or Paul George? Uh, I think Paul George. Because he was the one who particularly started this. And he just put pressure on himself moving forward. Because if he, he put that much pressure on himself, was all confident about Damian Lillard. But then he fueled up Damian Lillard, and we saw he dropped 51. So I think more pressure is on Paul George and Damian Lillard. Uh, As we know, in the previous years... Paul George has not been out of the first round since 2014. And that was when he, that's when he was still with the Indiana Pacers. Um, he went to Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and then Carmelo Anthony, as we all knew as OKC3. And they all failed. And now you're going next that last season, as you know, Dan Lillard hit the game winning series. Uh, he, he sealed the series and uh, program went on to eventually go on to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Paul George, uh, he's put up some pretty good stats in the playoffs, but he has not been the Paul George as we expect him to be. As you know, he missed the first 11 games of the season this year due to injury in the past. As we know, USA Olympic Games, he terrible, horrific injury. Uh, but we have has he done? We remember back when he finally put his name on the on the map uh, with his buzzer beater against uh, 
Houston, I believe back in 2014. And the Portland Trailblazers won their first playoff series since I I believe 14 years in that time. And going on some years, all-star all-star snub for some of those seasons and in my opinion he is one he's one of the best point guards in the game today he's everything you want in a point guard you know what he's leading the league and no he's top 10 in points and assists he's everything you want in a point guard he's He's shooting a better field goal percentage than Paul George. He averages more points and more assists. And I believe he has a better three-point percentage than Paul George. Correct me if I'm wrong. But here's uh, the matter of the fact is, is that Paul George has a history of, disappear- of disappearing in the playoffs. Unlike, unlike Damian Lillard. I remember that series against Utah, I believe, his first season in Oklahoma City, which I believe he dropped nine points in the playoffs. Yep. I I don't remember any other talent that compares to Paul George. He's one of the best wing defenders in the game. He is a great perimeter defender. And the in the paint and outside on the perimeter. I mean. But Dan Hogan has showed up in big time moments unlike Paul George. <laughs> yep. And the thing is if Paul George keeps up this smack talking and doesn't make it to the finals, and like you said, if he disappears in the playoffs again, that says a lot about Paul George. He will talk his stuff, but he won't back it up. Let's see what happens in the playoffs this year, if he shows up or if he doesn't. Because oh. Paul George has history not showing up. No, no, but the thing is, I mean, in Indiana, you know, like around early 2010s, like around 2013-2014, he had pretty good years. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, and the I believe Eastern Conference, not second round or Eastern Conference Finals, at the playoffs, he either wants to get it to Heat, and he gave them some real competition. I mean, that I don't see Paul George as the same fiery competitor as he was back in Indiana. I mean. Once he got that sense of fame, all-star, now he goes to Los Angeles with Kawhi Leonard and Doc Rivers as your coach. And to me, the best basketball team from top to bottom. I mean, you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Doc Rivers as your coach. Montrez Hero is back in the bubble. Uh, condolences him for his loss. You have Lou Williams. Uh, what's the time? Uh, six men of the year. You have a guy in just Shaman. I mean, that... That's a pretty good solid team, and if they fail this year, that says that says a real lot. That that says a lot about Paul George as a player and a competitor. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to the second subject with Draymond Green, uh, power forward of the Golden State Warriors, has been fined fifty thousand dollars for violating police anti-tampering rule. The fine is in response to. To statements Draymond Green made as an analyst on TNT on August 7th regarding the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, as announced prior to the start of this season, uh, the NBA has, adi- has adopted a stricter enforcement approach for conduct relating to tampering, salary cap, uh, circumvention, and free agency timing rules, including, including with respect to the rule of every player to player tampering. Uh, so, 
What do you feel about Draymond Green's statements on regarding Devin Booker's future and Phoenix? It's pretty interesting what he said about Devin Booker. And I understand why they find him because it seemed like he was persuading Devin Booker, but it was pretty interesting comments. I don't really have much to say about it, but it was pretty interesting. Uh, when I look at uh, Draymond Green, uh, we see we he may have a little temper to him, but overall he, he's a great human being. But let me go on to Devin Booker. What the Phoenix Suns have done in the bubble, the only undefeated team this year, and have a real chance to knock out Portland to go into the play-in tournament against Memphis. Uh, you have Coach Monty Williams, as, and as we know, the Phoenix Suns have really improved from last season. Really improved. Devin Booker is a rising star, and I believe now he is a superstar. Uh, do I believe he, he? Do I believe Phoenix could be the right sister for him? As regard to like endorsements and and other merchandise and maybe even a good fit and maybe a good system and maybe even a chance to win a championship I don't believe so I believe if he went to another team that he will really have a really good chance to win a championship um, as we saw in the past with Phoenix I, I mean um, Phoenix has been known for the past decade of not really being consistent I mean like consecutive consecutive years and I'm making it to the playoffs and then you go back a couple of decades ago to the season last year when you had a March Stedemont uh they made the playoffs consecutive years but of course they did not win a championship uh, running into some very uh good teams of course Dallas Mavericks San Antonio Spurs and even the Lakers uh but the coach of Monty Williams I mean Monty Williams has helped Devin Booker go from yeah he's a rising star to hey you're a superstar you're one of the top players in the league right now uh he's better than a lot of people I mean he can be an all-star I believe he was a big snub this year he's an assassin he's a scorer if you give him the ball with less than five seconds to go in a game and the game is tied who do you think that ball is going to go to? It's not going to be Dario Saric. It's going to be Devin Booker. He's a killer. Well, but I believe as an analyst, as an analyst, you have you have to make some things, you know, on TNT. You have a variety of guys who have made some very bold predictions. Of course, you saw uh, Charles Barkley make his prediction with the Portland Trailblazers going to the NBA Finals this year. <laughs> what? Yeah, he said he, th- he thinks that the Trailblazers will go to the finals. Yes. Oh, he really thinks they can get past the Lakers in the first round and the Clippers. And Stephen, uh, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, that's blasphemous. I'm I'm sorry, that's blasphemous. The thing is, uh, Phoenix. Uh, I don't believe Phoenix would be a great fit for Devin Booker in the long run. I mean, me looking at endorsements, Phoenix is not like a city. It's not a city like Los Angeles or Boston or Miami. Uh, I believe in a team, you have to have at least two all-stars or one all-star in previous years to win a championship. Um, that's just my that's just my opinion. But I believe Draymond Green was wrong. 
I believe that um, he did deserve to get by, but I believe that it was to an extent. I mean, as an analyst, you have to have some variable opinions, and that's just his. But as a player, the NBA is fighting him as a player perspective, as tampering with him. Because if Devin Booker goes to the Warriors, <laughs> no, but that's really unrealistic because Devin Booker is on contract until 2024. And so I believe even though he may spend the rest of his career in Phoenix, um, that may not be good for him in the long run and his future. I just have a feeling he'll request a trade to, like you said, the Warriors, like for Andrew Wiggins and Marquise Chris, a couple draft picks. I can see him going to the Warriors. Um, but yeah, like you said, he has um, four years left on his contract, so it will be pretty hard to get Devin Booker. But that's that's the most realistic team I see him going to, the Warriors. Uh, now let's get into uh. Uh, yesterday with the New Orleans Pelicans being eliminated from playoff contention uh, as the Bronx Trailblazers defeated the 76ers which means J.J. Reddick's 13 year playoff streak is officially over you know but he went into the season expecting him to go into the playoffs but as you know um, the number one pick of last year's draft Zion Williamson was out majority of the season <laughs> I can't blame J.J. Reddick. He tried his hardest. He dropped, what, 30? He really wanted to make the playoffs, and I don't blame him. I I feel sorry, but the Pelicans are just too inexperienced. Give them a couple years, they might be a, a good playoff contended team, but not this year. Zion's first year coming back from injury. It just wasn't this year. Alonzo, he, he didn't do well this season. Ingram did amazing, but I don't think this year's the year for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. You're right about the about inexperience. You know, you have 20-year-old Zion Williamson, who was out. I mean, we expected, like, his first game of the season against Toronto. His first couple games were on national television. And then we found out the news that he was injured. And then the Punkers had to move on. Yeah, Brandon Ingram step up. Uh, Lonzo Ball step up. Even though he his shooting was horrific in the bubble this year, I believe he only shot 19% from the three-point line. Uh, of course, you have uh, other rookies in Jackson Hayes and a, a good coach, Alvin Gentry. But I don't believe the system that Alvin Gentry provides for the New Orleans Pelicans is going to be a good fit in the long run for Zion Williamson. I have a bold prediction. I believe the New Orleans Pelicans should fire Alvin Gentry and hire a good development coach. And one name that comes to mind, one of my favorite coaches, Kenny Atkinson. Yep. I mean, look at that. I mean, look last year at what he did with Brooklyn. Only D'Angelo Russell. Of course, they had other guys in Karis LeVert, uh, Jared Allen. And look what they did. They went to the playoffs. And of course, they lost to the 76ers, which I believe was the second round or first round? First, first. round, second round. But what he did in Brooklyn, uh, of course, I do not believe he should have been hired. I don't, I do not believe he should have been fired from the Nets this season. But I believe Kenny Atkinson could be a good fit for the Pelicans in the long run. Because you can look at Zion Williamson, great force in the paint. If you drive, if Zion Williamson drives, going full speed, full, full stop, no there's no stopping him. Of course, 
you have a great shooter, Brandon Ingram, most improved player finalist candidate, I believe. Um, but the Pelicans need a couple of years to go to what we expect them to be. I mean, of course, you have a great wing defender and a Drew Holiday. Of course, he's been there um, a couple of years. A great shooter in JJ Reddick. This year just wasn't the year for them. Yeah, I don't think I agree with you. And Alvin Gentry in the minister structure. That's that plays a big part of why the Pelicans lost most of their games in the bubble because they they had some great great opportunities against the Jazz. They could have played uh, Zion. That first game, yeah. But Zion did play against the game. Zion did play against the Los Angeles Clippers when they did have 21 threes. I mean, that was just a bad defensive performance. And guess what? They, sh- they showed little effort. They they looked like they did not want to go to the playoffs. They, look, they, look, they did not look like uh, playoff contenders. And if they did, I actually expected them to get swept by the Los Angeles Lakers because of the fact that they are too inexperienced, too young, and not ready. Yep, I agree. No arguments there. Uh, let's move on to some other topics. Uh, of course, the Pro and Trailblazers are fighting. So, uh, I got that. So, as we move on with the Western, the Western Conference, we will have a playing tournament this year as the Memphis Grizzlies possibly go against the ninth seed, which would possibly be either. The Portland Trailblazers, San Antonio Spurs, or the Phoenix Suns. If there's a play-in tournament, which there will be, um, which team do you expect to go to go against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round this year? I'm literally watching the Suns games, and they're up by like 16. So, I think the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies will play against the Lakers or the Trailblazers, but my top team will probably be. I know you probably won't agree with me, but it would probably be the Phoenix Suns. I'm looking at the Phoenix Suns right now. I'm really looking at them as a potential playoff matchup for the Lakers. Phoenix Suns, okay. They've been very good in the bubble. This year in the bubble, they are they are a bubble team, but they are not a playoff. Team. They are not playoff contenders. If I look at one team and I say they could actually have a chance to defeat the Los Angeles Lakers, I either look at the Portland Trailblazers or the San Antonio Spurs. Let me start with the San Antonio Spurs. Coached by Greg Popovich, the San Antonio Spurs have gone to the playoffs 22 straight times. Of course, with the injury, the season-ending injury of Marcus Aldridge, uh, they have had some bumps in the road. But of course, you have a former All-Star and DeMar DeRozan. You have some good pieces on Lonnie and Lonnie Walker, uh, Kelvin Johnson, uh, Lucas Samanich. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you have some very good pieces on that Spurs team with the coaching of Greg Popovich, who is coached. Let me remind you: David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monty Ginobili and has won five NBA championships. The San Antonio Spurs team is a threat to the Los Angeles Lakers and to any other team in the, going into the playoffs this year. Now let me move on to the Portland Trailblazers. One of the clutchest players 
in the NBA today with Damian Lillard. Of course, congratulations to Carmelo Anthony to um, passing Paul Pierce for being the 15th all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Of course, you have a great big man in Hassan Whiteside. Yusuf Nurkic has come back from injury. The Portland Trailblazers are locked and loaded. Last year, they went to the Western Conference Finals. Of course, they got swept by the Golden State Warriors, who they who eventually lost to the Raptors in the NBA Finals uh, in six games. But I see the San Antonio Spurs or the Portland Trailblazers being a real threat to the Los Angeles Lakers or any team if they move on in the playoffs. Yeah, I see them as a threat to the Lakers, but I don't really think they can beat them. I don't really think they can beat them, but they could probably take them. Like I said in the last year, I think they could probably take them to six games, seven game series. But I don't see them winning because the Lakers are more experienced. And I think, you, like I said in the last show, you can't have CJ McCollum as your second option to rely on him as your second option to go big against the Lakers. And I don't, what's the, has LeBron ever lost in the first round? Uh, I, we got to check with our statistician on that. Uh, I believe, I believe, I believe in his second year, he lost in the first round. Uh, no, I don't believe so. But I, was, but I believe Portland Trailblazers could be the Los Angeles Lakers just because, just because of the fact that they had beaten them, they had beaten them in the regular season before the season was suspended. I mean. The Bowling Trail yeah, season series was like three to one Lakers. But but the Bowling Trail Blazers are a sleeper team. If you don't defend Damian Damian or Carmelo Anthony, they will drop you. They can score forty in their sleep. You saw what Damian Lillard did against the 76ers even though Ben Simmons is out for the season. Get Bill Ben and Joel and B uh exiting the game and he did not return. But let's not sleep on Dave Miller if he is not like he's not a top ten player in the league today. No doubt he is. Like he can like he's top ten in points per game and assists. He's shooting around forty six percent from the field and around, I believe, 45 from three-point line, from the three-point line. If you don't guard those two players, and if you do, you still have other options. Hassan Whiteside, of course, CJ McComb, very solid player, but we both agree that he cannot be a second option. That's just my opinion. If you sleep on the pro trophies, they will eliminate you and, and possibly advance into the next round. I get where you're coming from, and yes, they have, it depends who has, like, the deeper team, in my opinion, it's, it's, they really, they really have, I think the Blazers are a deeper team, but I still pick the Lakers to come out the first round, and that's even if the Blazers win the playing tournament, so we still gotta see if, um, the Blazers win the playing tournament, but if they do, I think they will be a real threat to the Lakers. Like you said. All right, let's move on to uh, the NBA announcing their finalists for the NBA awards in each category. 
uh, we're gonna start off with the Rookie of the Year award with the finalists being John Grant, point guard of the Memphis Grizzlies, Zion Williamson, power forward for the New Orleans Pelicans, and Kendrick Nunn, uh, shooting guard for the Miami Heat. So, brilliant. Who, I believe this is an easy question, but who do you believe will win this award this year? Yeah, it's John Murray. No question. It's John uh, Murray. Yeah. Congrats to Kendrick Nunn for being a finalist, by the way. Uh, here's my problem with this. Zion Williamson should not be a finalist. I mean, you play around 20-something games. And there are plenty of rookies who have done better than you this season. I'm bringing up the name of Tyler Hero. Thank you. The stuff from Miami. Along with the help of Jimmy Butler. Of course, you have Kendrick Nunn. And the coaching of Eric Spolstra. Uh, but Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson definitely does not deserve to be in this discussion. Congrats. Congrats to, congrats to him. But he does not deserve to be in this category, but of course it goes to John Morant. Look what he's done with Memphis. I mean, last year, look, they didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> and now second overall pick, uh, even though Jaron Jackson Jr. had a season-ending injury, um, get real soon. But John Morant, look what he's done. I mean, <laughs> look what he's done. I mean, last year. It was complete. It was a complete rebuild for the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Memphis Grizzlies have their eyes on John Morant ever since um, his days back in Murray State. Okay, let's move on to the most improved player category. Um, the finalists are Bam Adebayo, uh, center for the Miami Heat, Brandon Ingram, small forward. For the New Orleans Pelicans and Luka Doncic, small uh, stretch point forward. I don't, I don't know point forward for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, who's your pick? Um, I would pick Luka Doncic, even though you, even though you could make an argument for any player. I wouldn't be mad if you pick oh, any other player. Right, right, right. Uh, but. Yeah. In his rookie season, he went from averaging 20 points, about six assists, and a couple rebounds. And then this year, he's put up 29 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists. That's a that's almost plus 10 in points. He he's really improved. I think he's he's my pick for most improved player. He's done amazing this year. He's, in my opinion, he's the most talented player in the league besides Damian Lillard. But I think Luka Doncic is the second most talented player in the league. He's amazing. Uh, good pick. Uh, I want to read you some comments by Luka Doncic where he said that he did not deserve to be in this discussion. He said, Devontae Graham uh, of the Charlotte Hornets deserved to be in this discussion. Of course, you know, he had a great season. I believe last year, he averaged 4.7 points per game with only three starts. And now this year, around, I believe, 53 starts, correct me if I'm wrong, 53 starts, and averaging around maybe 20 points per game. I need to search that up, around 20 points per game. 
But I, as you don't know, I am an avid Mavericks fan. Uh, I love my Mavericks. Uh, clinch are have had playoff berth for the first time since 2015-2016 season. Uh, Brandon Ingram has definitely improved because of the system that he is in New Orleans. Uh, Bam Adebayo, I mean, definitely improved this season. A big piece for the Miami Heat. But when you look at Luka Doncic, he has the all-time Maverick. He is the all-time Maverick's triple-double leader in his second season. That's amazing. <laughs> in his second season. I mean, when you look at the game against the Milwaukee Pucks, Luka Doncic outplayed Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Giannis got too much foul trouble. Luka just took over in overtime. He was just doing whatever he wanted. He just, he was just toying with the books. So that between the legs pass, that was nice. Okay, uh, let me get to Devontae. Oh, like I was saying, Devontae Graham, uh, this season, he averaged 18.2 points per game, uh, around 3.4 rebounds and 7.5 assists. So he, I believe he definitely need to be, he definitely needed to be considered for the most improved player award. But I do believe this award should go to Luka Doncic this year. Nice pick. I agree. Uh, let's move on to, to the defensive player of the year this year. Uh, as you know, no Rudy Gobert this year. So we will have a different champion for the defensive player of the year award. Uh, wait, dang it. I'm wrong. Dang it. I thought it was somebody else. No, because I thought Rudy got injured. It's like Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Rudy. Yeah, I don't think Rudy Gobert should be in that conversation. Because when you bring him out to the perimeter, he's he's useless. He's useless as a defender. And that's what separates him from AD and Giannis. Giannis can defend all five positions. He can defend the point guard, the center. Same with Anthony Davis. They can all defend. But... I want Anthony Davis to win, but Giannis will win. But my pick is Anthony Davis, but Giannis will win. Same with MVP. Uh, you're uh, Brandon, you're wrong. Uh, you're definitely wrong. This war uh needs to go to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. He he came into this season, um, going for that defense player of the year award, and now he's a nominee. Um, all. All three nominees are great, great defensive players. But when we look at, I'm gonna look at it. When I look at it from a visual standpoint, Anthony Davis is a rim protector. I'm not saying Giannis Antetokounmpo or Rudy Gobert are not rim protectors, but Anthony Davis this year on the perimeter, mid range, and the post has protected the rim and provided good has provided some good defense for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I do not exact I do not have the Los Angeles Lakers defensive rating. But what Anthony Davis has done from a defensive standpoint, not just the offensive standpoint, of course he's a top five player in the game today. But that's uh mostly because of his defense. I mean they can go. They can dribble the ball down court. 
It can get back fast, and he will block your shot if you don't try. So that's yeah. nothing. Anthony Davis for the Los Angeles Lakers as my defensive player of the year. Yeah, AD is my pick, but um, I was hearing some rumors that um, Giannis won MVP and defensive player of the year, but they're rumors. They're not true. But my pick is Anthony Davis, but I just have a good feeling that Giannis will win, but my pick is Anthony Davis. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are, are second in defensive rating this year with a defensive rating of 105.5. Alright. Uh, let's move on to six man of the year. Uh, of course, we always have to bring up the name of Blue Williams. <laughs> uh, along with the name of Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, uh, guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, Brilliant. Uh, What's your pick for the sixth man of the year? Uh, is it Lou Williams, Montrez Hero, or Dennis Schroeder? It's tough. Very, very tough. Um, I'll go with Dennis Schroeder for my pick. As um, soon as the year started, I thought, as we know, we didn't expect OKC to make the playoffs. But I thought Dennis Schroeder, I already knew he was going to come off the bench. I thought he was going to explode. And he did exactly that. And I, he's my pick for sixth man of the year. He's such a huge piece in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Not saying Lou Williams and Montrezl Hill aren't. They're, they're more of an impact than Dennis Schroeder is. But I think Dennis Schroeder is my uh, sixth man of the year. But you can make an argument for any player. Well, you're right about making an argument for a player. But when I look at these stats... <laughs> right here. I believe the player that provides the most for their prospective team is Montrez Hero. <laughs> for the Los Angeles Clippers, let me take it down to his stats. Around 19 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, and around 2 assists. I mean, the assist numbers are, are not as good as I expect him to be. But, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, Montrez Hero He's a great defender, and I believe this year he's he has provided the most uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers. As you know, Lou Williams got wings at Magic City. <laughs> uh, uh, as you know, Dennis Schroeder has provided uh, some good scoring off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and uh, Lou Williams is a phenomenal scorer uh, off the bench assassin. He can score on you any type of way. But we want to look at the impact for their team. Uh, I believe this award should go to Montrezl Hero of Los Angeles Clippers. I'm not. I'm not mad at that decision. Literally, any every award besides probably MVP, you could pick anybody. Anybody like Defense Player of the Year, you could pick anybody like Giannis, AD, or Rudy. But I think you should go to AD. Say it was Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved. And coach of the year. But MVP is probably the only category who we know is going to win. But I'm not mad at your pick for sixth man of the year. Montrez Hero. It's a great pick. Uh, just to let the fans know that voting was based on games played from the start of the regular season through March 11th, which was before the NBA season was suspended. So 
these games uh, this, that are going on currently do not count for the NBA awards this year. Let's so move on to Coach of the Year with uh, Mike Budenholzer, head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, Billy Donovan, uh, head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Nick Nurse, head coach of the Toronto Raptors. So this is very interesting. So what is your pick for Coach of the Year this year? This will be a very this is going to be very interesting to hear your pick. <laughs> I would pick Billy Donovan, but it's just too hard to pass up on Nick Nurse and what he's done for the team. They lost Kawhi Leonard, a top a top three player in the league, and they had a better record than last season. Yeah, my pick is without a doubt Nick Nurse. But same, same for every other category besides MVP. Literally any other, any other. I wouldn't be mad at any pick. I wouldn't be mad if you pick Mike Boonehuzzer. I wouldn't be mad if you pick Billy Donovan. Because you can make a case for any coach of the year. This year. Um, I do like your pick, Nick Nurse. What um, he gets done without the help of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's phenomenal. Clinched the second seed this year. Uh, great job by Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors front office and their coaching staff. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, yeah, Giannis and Chris Middleton, very good pieces. But I, I actually do believe this award needs to go to Billy Donovan. I mean, we look, when you look at the position the Oklahoma City Thunder are in, when you go back to the beginning of the season, did we expect the Oklahoma City Thunder to be this good without Russell Westbrook or Paul George? No. We expect him to be the 15th seed. Let's be honest. I remember, I remember when Paul George was traded for some picks and Neil Gallinari and some other players as well. And Sam Presti was getting so much criticism along with Billy Donovan. But now you look at the position Oklahoma City Thunder in, I believe they are around the fourth or fifth seed. Uh, fourth or fifth seed. But they are in great position to go. They have a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, right now, they are, Thunder are the fifth seed in the playoffs this year. They are one game behind Houston Rockets for that fourth seed. So, when you look I believe they had a point zero, they have zero point zero two chance to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. So that's why I believe Billy Donovan deserves that Coach of the Year award, just because of the fact that we did not expect them to be this good this year with actually not really any superstars. Of course, you had Chris Paul, who was the All Star this year. Of course, you had Dennis Schroeder, finalist for Sixth Man of the Year, Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams. But that's why I believe Billy Donovan should win this award. Yeah. I'm not really mad, but I really think Nick Nurse should win. It's a I don't know. This this year's awards is pretty it's pretty weird and pretty complicated. But it's pretty tough to choose between the fifth player of the year, sixth man of the year. Coach of the Year and Most Improved, so I'm not mad at Billy Donovan being your Coach of the Year. Right. 
uh, let's move on to the final award, uh, which is probably going to get heated, and it's going to be um, the most valuable player award. Um, but the finals are James Harden, LeBron James, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, I want to start with you. What, who is your MVP for this season? Remember, uh, this award is based off of uh, from the beginning of the season to March 11th. So, I really want to hear your pick on this one. The fans not gonna agree with me. I know this this seem this is gonna seem very 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 biased. Cause what LeBron did before the season was suspended, that last matchup we saw against Giannis, him and AD absolutely own Giannis. Well, make the pick, man. My pick is LeBron James for MVP. Oh my goodness. What? Uh, why? Why do I think LeBron James MVP? Why? Why? It's I see Giannis. It's, it's the spice. Yes. Why? Why? Come on, make a real pick. Make a real pick. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Giannis will win MVP. Not for real, Giannis is going to win MVP. Without a doubt. Uh, can you provide some reasoning off of that, please? Because what the Bucks have done this season, before the season got suspended, remember, they were on pace to win 70 games. Giannis has been putting up monster numbers in only 30 minutes of playing time. And he's just have been a, and he has a sidekick of Chris Middleton and James Harden and Russell. I mean, James Harden and um, LeBron James have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. And he's only doing this. He's only putting up these stats in 30 minutes, averaging 29 and 12. And the Bucks were, like I said, the Bucks were on pace to win 70 games. So that's why my pick is John Celtic Kupo for MVP. This was a very tough pick for me. Both, all three of them have made very huge contributions to their team this year. As you know, Bucks clinched number one seed and the best record in all of basketball this year. And LeBron James Let's help the Lakers make the playoffs for the first time in a, in a very, very long time. <laughs> uh, but my pick for a most valuable player is James Harden. James wow. Harden. James Harden. When you look at these stats in the regular season, around 34.3 points a game, 6.5 rebounds, 7.5. Assists shooting 44% from the field. James Harden is my MVP. Now, when I look at the most valuable player, I look at valuable, which means if I take each player from each team, which team would be the worst? And I believe it would be the Houston Rockets. I think the Bucks, because I mean, they have a great supporting cast, but. Actually, 
Yeah, I think the Bucks because their main option will be Chris Middleton and the Rockets. We've seen what Russell Westbrook has done in the past before. He's put up crazy numbers and lead us um, Oklahoma City Thunder to the playoffs. I think if you took James Harden off that team, I don't think they're the worst out of the Lakers, Bucks, and the Rockets. I think it would be the Bucks. But I understand why you think it's. I understand why you think the Rockets would be the worst team without their star player. You know, we've been into this year, I mean this season, uh, asking the question, could James Harden and Russell Westbrook um, be a great duo together? Will they actually work as a duo? But when you look at these stats from James Harden, I mean, if you take James Harden from the Houston Rockets team, you're taking away scoring, you're taking away um, a great facilitator and Harden. I mean, P.J. Tucker would not get that many opportunities in the corner if it wasn't for James Harden. <laughs> I mean, a guy, in Je- a guy in Jeff Green wouldn't be so good in the bubble if it wasn't for James Harden. And Russell Westbrook wouldn't be as good this season without James Harden. I mean, James Harden, for the past couple of seasons, way back from his MVP season, I mean, in the regular season, and I'm looking from the beginning of the season of March 11th. He was the best scorer this year. He could average 50 in his sleep. And that's just if he tried. That's just if he tried. I mean, this year with Russell Westbrook, uh, around 27.4 points per game, 8.0 rebounds, and around 7.1 one assist I mean pretty good numbers but that doesn't amount to the that is not that does not amount to the work James Harden has done this year now that's why he's my MVP because he's the most valuable player to his team I mean we look at the bus if you did take away Giannis Chris Middleton would be their best player like you saw other good pieces that can step up Wilson Matthews, uh, the Lopez brothers. Of course, you have good coach Mike Budenholz. Uh, if you take away uh, LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers, you still have a top five player, Anthony Davis, and a great coach and Frank Vogel. Uh, but on the Rockets, look at the head coach for them, Mike D'Antoni. Great offensive mind, but when you look at the defensive standpoint uh, for Mike D'Antoni, he has a couple of uh, he has some pros and cons uh, to his system in, he, in Houston. As you know, um, the Houston Rockets have had some very deep playoff runs. Of course, they ran into the Golden State Warriors for, uh, consecutive, in consecutive years. Of course, you go up to 2013 to 2018 because Paul did not get injured. The, in my opinion, the Houston Rockets would have won that series. Um, Agree. So, uh, I believe James Harden should be the MVP this season and that is my pick and that's not no disrespect to LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo but when you look at James Harden you see a prolific scorer you see a legend in the making he is one of the greatest players to have touched the court he's one of the greatest shooting guards of all time and I believe 
if he continues this great and historic and historic run for the rest of his career, he could go down as one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Yep, no doubt about it. And he has a case to be a top five shooting guard of all time. If he keeps this up, like you said. Uh, and I believe that is all we have for you today. Uh, so, uh, you can catch this show on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. Um, we will catch you next week on the Fast Break. Until then, I'm Derek Settis Raven, and this is the Fast Break. Until then, peace.